Welcome to The Local, brought to you by Fairhaven Wealth Management in partnership with our friends at the Wheaton Chamber of Commerce here in Wheaton, Illinois. I'm Mark Horner, and together with Vicki Austin, we bring you conversations about what's happening with people right around you. Everyone has a story that goes well beyond their day-to-day life. Stories about their history, their passion, their inspirations. All you have to do is look and ask and maybe listen. These stories may be local, but their reach is far and their themes universal. Well, welcome to Civics Day at the local. (laughs) We have the Mr. Mayor, Phil Cease, joining us today. Thank you, Mr. Mayor, for being here. Well, good to be here. Welcome, Mayor. So I think you and I have a little bit in common that your career before you got into politics was in the investment business. Is that true? That's correct. What did you What did you do in the investment business? Uh, I have been involved in uh, working with uh, pension plans basically all my career. Uh, I started back in 1987 with the Equitable in their group pension department. And, you know, the funny part of that is I didn't know what a pension was. <laughs> and I remember, I remember my dad telling one of his train buddies about, well, yeah, he's with the pension department at Equitable. And the, the gentleman said, well, that's a good business. It's very regulated. So it'll always be there. <laughs> so that, that's how I got into the, uh, you know, the, the pension business. And obviously it's worked out very well. I was with equitable for uh, eight and a quarter years. And then I was with Mercer Investment Consulting for almost 32 years. Continuing work in the pension world at yes, Mercer. Yes, yes. In the investment consultant practice. Yes. And our mayor is also a chartered financial analyst, a CFA. Which is, for those that don't know is, is one of the gold standards in the investment world. It that really designation is. is hard, is hard earned, hard yes. earned. I've heard many people refer to that as the equivalent of a master's degree. Yes. Uh, the, the level of, the level of rigor that, that they, goes into that degree or certification. Right. And they're economics wonks, right? You like the, is it like a focus on economics as much as finance? Yes, it covers kind of finance, financial analysis, economics, investment, investment theory. It's it, it's broad based. It's very broad, yeah. yeah. Very exciting. So you've since you've retired from that work. Your full time job is now the mayor. Well, I'm involved in a, a number of things. You know, the the thing about mayor is, you know, it's essentially a volunteer position. The uh, you know the responsibility of running the city rests with the city manager, uh, the mayor, and the city council. Our you know main responsibility essentially is hiring the city manager, and the city manager runs the city. So. Uh, Whereas I sit here as mayor, it's very much a part-time volunteer position. So a part-time volunteer position with little economic upside in it. What in the world made you want to <laughs> jump into the thinking? jump into the snake pit of politics <laughs> after a, after a long successful career in the pension world? Well, you know, I've been on the city council since uh, May of two thousand and five. Has it really been that long? Two thousand five. Yes, yeah. Uh, and the origin of getting involved in this is kind of like anybody else. There was an issue you got mad about and you decided you were going to do something about it. By George, and, you can't fight City Hall unless you're in it. And the, uh, you know, the issue I had was a zoning issue next to our house. Uh, you know, our neighbors were moving and they wanted to subdivide their property. 
And guess what? They needed eight variances to do it to create two non-conforming lots. Eight variances. So uh, that's how I got educated on, uh, you know, the activities in the city of Wheaton. And, uh, you know, it was kind of interesting, you know, nobody knew who I was and, uh, you know, we were fortunate enough to get the right decision from the city council. But the thing that always struck me was, uh, you know, somebody said, well, nah, we, we can't do this. That house they're going to build is just too big. And I always remembered that in the context. The issue isn't the size of the house. The issue is the variances. If there's no variances, there's no house. But nonetheless, we got the right results. So Congratulations. That, so that that was my uh, you know introduction to involvement and getting involved in uh, the Wheaton City Council. Were you recruited by someone? Did they say? No, no. <laughs> it was all on my own. <laughs> I was the outsider. No one to blame but yourself. I was the outsider. Oh. Now, you know, the dirty the dirty little secret about some of this is I grew up in Riverside. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Riverside's an interesting place. It's the first planned community in the United States. Is it really? It was laid out by Frederick Law Olmsted. And the unique thing about Riverside and the design was that each house would face a park. Oh. So you have all these commons and, you know, where you're facing a park or, you know, forest preserve or whatever. How lovely. But the, uh, the unique part of that, my dad was a trustee in the in the uh, village of Riverside. Oh, so, so it runs in your veins. I had a little bit of familiarity yes. with that. But, you know, Wheaton's six times the size of Riverside. Uh, and uh, when I came to Wheaton, uh, it was really, uh, I took a job. I was with Equitable in Chicago in 87. Equitable transferred me to uh, New Jersey. And in October of 87, I came back to Chicago with Mercer. And in New Jersey, I lived in Madison, New Jersey, which is about 33 miles west of New York. Mm. And if I hadn't gone to Madison, I never would have looked in Wheaton. I would have thought it was too far out. <laughs> uh, and when I came back, I was just, you know, looking out the various train lines uh, because I wanted to be walking distance to the train. So, you know, that's by chance how I ended up, you know, in Wheaton. And, you know, I came here with no aspirations of ever being involved in, uh, you know, city government. But, you know, it's worked out well. I it enjoyed it. It has worked it. out very well. Well, thank you, New Jersey, yeah, for the influence really. that brought you here. That's exactly how we yeah. found our house in Wheaton. I started in Oak Park and worked my way west. Okay. Mm -hmm. So national politics are quite nasty these days. Do what we see on the national scale, is that representative of what goes on at the, at the local scale? Or, or is there a bit more civility when you're working with neighbors from the community? Well, it's, it's really a different animal. Uh, you know, we do try very hard to keep the involvement in the city on a non-political, non-partisan basis. Mm -hmm. And... That that's really important. And, you know, as you look at municipal government, be it the, you know, the city, the park district, the school district, 
it's really important to keep that nonpartisan. Yes. Uh, you know, once you get to county board, state rep, you know, that's political. Uh, but I think the important thing is, you know, you look at the city of Wheaton, there's seven folks on the city council. Uh, 95% of what we do is consensus. It's mm -hmm. obvious. It's the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. And I think the important point, though, is, you know, with the city council, municipal government, you can get things done. You know, these are the things that need to be done. These are the things that have the greatest impact on our residents. And, you know, you work through a process, you make a decision, you move on. You're, you don't have the paralysis that you uh, see at other levels of government. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, there's an urgency of what gets done at the municipal level because people are depending on it. Right. Uh, so uh, the fact that it's nonpartisan, the fact that, you know, you have a group of seven people making these decisions, you know, decisions make are made, things get done. And, you know, 95% of it, you know, it's straightforward. People are in an agreement. We move on. The, uh, you know, the one thing that always seems to be a little contentious uh, are zoning issues. <laughs> so, you know, you know, as I mentioned, you know, I got started in this dealing with a zoning issue. Uh, but, uh, you know, those are the things that tend to get, uh, you know, folks riled up a little bit is, right. you know, are zoning issues. So. Can you tell us a little bit about the commission structure of the um, of the city? I know my husband served on the first Fine and Cultural Arts Commission, the first iteration of that, and now it's like, I don't know, 14 years into it. Um, so can you tell us about the various commissions? The... Uh to the best of my ability, yes. Uh, <laughs> you know, we have, I believe, 16 commissions and the there's a, you know, kind of an array of responsibilities with respect to the commission. Some are regulatory required commissions that we need to have. Is that for, like zoning and planning? That's for regulatory. For example, you know, zoning and planning mm -hmm. would be one. The, the library board would be mm -hmm. another. The pension board for police and fire are, uh, you know, regulatory boards. Uh, then you have other commissions that really reflect, you know, interests within the community. Like so the you community relations. Community relations, fine arts, mm -hmm. um, the environmental commission. Mm -hmm. The bicycle commission. The bike in the bicycle commission is really our newest commission mm -hmm. uh, and it's bicycle and p pedestrian. Uh, you know, they've expanded their role mm -hmm. a little bit. What, what's their charge? To, to not get a, run over by a bicycle. Right. To, to provide a good community for bicycles and pedestrians? It, Both, isn't it? Yeah. You know, they started out, uh, you know, in the context of bicyclists uh, and, you know, how can we make the community more bike friendly? And over the last year or so, they've expanded that to include pedestrians. And, you know, it kind of fits in well with our community. I mean, one of the key things about Wheaton is a residential community. You know, biking, walking, you know, makes the community more residential friendly. So yeah. it's it's an area of emphasis. It's a little bit of a challenge, um, 
because, you know, everybody wants to have these bike lanes and, you know, those are very difficult uh, because you're already, you know, if you were, if you were doing this with a blank sheet of paper, you know, it'd it'd be a different story, but try to work bike lanes into existing road footprints is is, is a challenge. And And we have a lot of one-way streets. (laughs) Well, you know, you even if it's not a one-way street, you know, if it's a two-way street, you got parking, the, the width just isn't right. there to do it in a safe manner. Right, right. And, uh, you know, that that's a little bit of a challenge. But, you know, a number of years ago, uh, the Bike Commission worked with us to really kind of map out what the bike routes are in Wheaton. And, you know, they did a very good job and it's very extensive. You can see the signage, uh, you Mm -hmm. know, around the community. So Mm -hmm. I ride my bike to work when it's nice. Well, and, you know, people enjoy that. Now, the, you know, the other thing, uh, of course, we're on the prairie path. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, that's a big plus. And, of course, people obviously like riding their bikes on the prairie path. Yeah. I ride my bike to get to the prairie path. Yes. Then away away we go. Was the city involved in approving the tents that were put in place da- downtown during the during the pandemic? Or was that done? Was that done with the the local the local businesses there? No, that was done through the city. That was a fabulous decision. What a what a what a fantastic fantastic way to you make more use, even more use of that downtown area. Yeah, the you know the the tents obviously have worked out very well. Uh, I believe this year will be the fourth year of the tents. Uh, we've actually set it up now, where the city has bought the tents. Uh, we've committed to doing the tents for the, at least the next three years. And uh, I mean, you're absolutely right. I mean, nothing is done more to help downtown Wheaton, to create downtown Wheaton as a destination than than the tents. And, you know, it's one of those things too, we're just fortunate. I mean, people are envious mm-hmm. of Wheaton and the tents. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I say that because, you know, we have Hale Street that we can close off and, you know, the restaurants are there along Hale Street. So, you know, just by a stroke of luck, you know, all the pieces fit together. Uh, the other communities look at that and they can't find a street they can close. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't have the density of restaurants to support it the way we do. Right, right. Uh, and. Yes, a lot of these other communities have outdoor dining, but, you know, sitting in the street watching the cars whiz by, you know, doesn't add to the experience. So, uh, you know, the fact that we can close Hale Street, we've got the restaurants there, the tents create an ambiance. It's really helped make Wheaton a downtown destination. I sense a marketing campaign there, Wheaton. The birthplace of tent envy. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever brings people to downtown Wheaton, I will go with it. And then we have a new pavilion that's going to be open, which is another broad space with with covered, the covered pavilion. Can you tell us about that? And I'm not pressing you for a date. I'm just asking you because I know the date has been uh, moved 
Well, the, the, date, the date will be soon. Yes. You know, that is essentially finished. Uh, we're still waiting for a W that needs to be mounted on one of the obelisks. Oh, or, uh, excellent. But that, that's kind of the, the last remaining piece. It's a beautiful, beautiful um, layout for the, what do you call it? There's, there's like the pavilion, but then there's sort of a, I want to call it a conversation center, but. Yeah, open space. Yeah, park. Allison called it something. Um, and, you know, all of this is, uh, you know, kind of the outgrowth of our rebuilding the downtown. Right, the streetscape and program. The streetscape, the, the streetscape program. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, the focus there was, you know, how do we make the downtown more pedestrian friendly? Mm -hmm. How do we make it greener? How do we make it more of a destination? You know, how do we give our residents a reason to come to the downtown? And all of that has fit together very well. You know, obviously the tents, the, the work the park district has done at Memorial Park. Yes. The uh, the last piece of this is the pavilion for the French market. Mm -hmm. And the little W tent across from yes. the fountain. And, you know, creating gathering spaces mm -hmm. downtown. So, you know, you have the gathering space at uh, Main and Front on the north side of the street. You have the Wheaton tent on the south side of the uh, Front Street. Right. Uh, then as you go across the tracks, you then have the area by the pavilion and across the street, you have another park area. So, and again, those two spaces are also kind of integrated with the prairie path. Yes. So, you know, people coming down the prairie path can stop there, park their bikes. We actually have bike racks. We have a bike repair station so they can walk into downtown Wheaton and, you know, have lunch under the tents. That's wonderful. And the French market will be there soon. So yes. looking forward to that. And that, you know, the thing with the French market is, okay, we have the pavilion for the French market that's going to spill out of that space. We're going to close Liberty. Right. Uh, so the French market will kind of spew into the, um, into the street as well. So we'll have so, even more um, availability for vendors. Yes. That's Just great. during the French market. Just we'll, during the French market. Okay. That's right. Now, you know, the pavilion, the use of the pavilion is going to evolve. I mean, this year we had the Christmas tree over there. It that went wonderful. very well. Yes. You know, after the parade. I mean, we never had so many people south of the tracks yes. for the, uh, the Christmas tree lighting. Yeah. And uh, so I, I really see the pavilion evolving into community uses. Uh, so it, with, that's with the restaurants that have come to town recently, Mr. Mayor, what, what's the process? How does that process work? Do, do, do restaurants identify Wheaton? Does Wheaton market to the restaurant community? Is it a bit of, a bit of both? How, how does that work? It probably is a bit of both, but most of it is the initiative of the proprietors of the, the restaurants. Uh, you know, Ditka's is kind of an interesting story. Uh, you know, the city wasn't directly involved in that. You know, Ditka's had this concept of, uh, you know, the Ditka Grill mm -hmm. and really focusing on suburban areas. Mm -hmm. And uh, my understanding is they were actually looking to open three of these sites. Uh, and, of course, they got hit with the COVID, so they focused on one. And unfortunately, that one site was mm -hmm. uh, Wheaton. But I, you know, I think they have a great concept. 
of basically bringing a city restaurant to the suburbs. And, and it's very different. It is a completely different format. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we all like Mike Ditka, but, you know, there's not a piece of football <laughs> paraphernalia right. in Ditka's Grill. Right. I mean, it's just a different concept. But I, you know, like I said earlier, uh, I think they've got a great concept in basically bringing a city restaurant to the suburbs. And uh, I think, and I know Paul Woodard, who is the VP of uh, the the restaurant group, and he had told me that one of the partners lives in, like one of the guys. Yes, that I think I've I think that. one of the connections was there was somebody who lives in Wheaton who was like, we this would be a great place. So we had a recommendation from. From within. No, I think that that's absolutely right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and hey, they did a great job repurposing that space. It was a bank. I mean, yeah. that was really, yeah, and empty for a long time. So, And, you know, that that's the other thing. I mean, uh, you know, the creativity of some of these things. So, you, you know, you see what they did at, at Ditka's and, you know, I, they told me how the you know, they have a ceiling structure and the ceiling structure was coming from Australia. And, you know, you keep asking when they going to open. Well, you know, the ceiling structure's on a boat somewhere coming in <laughs> from Australia. Slow boat. But, but the other, you know, just the, the creativity and the, you know, the innovation, you just look across the street at 302. Oh, my gosh. You know, gosh. the vision to take an old gas station and convert that into the kind of the space and the the concept that's there. And so so busy, always, always busy, the 302 is. Yeah, and that was empty for a long, long time. Yes, so, uh, you know, those... You know, it's kind of nice to just see how things uh, evolve and, uh, you know, okay, you didn't tear it down, you renovated it and mm-hmm. look at the productive use that's come of that. So, so how early in the process for, for business owners, entrepreneurs that want to that want to bring business to Wheaton and see opportunity to develop an old gas station into, into a restaurant, how, how early would you recommend to business people that they get involved with the city talking about what their plans might be, especially if it's repurposed? Purposing a, a space to, for a different use. I would I would encourage uh, anyone interested in Wheaton to engage with the city almost instantaneously. Mm-hmm. You know, to work through our planning and development department. You know, just to understand, you know, what the parameters are. Uh, you know, the worst thing we want to do is kind of go through a process and somebody come in with something that's well outside the, you know, the, the, the parameters that are, that are in place. Uh, so, uh, I think, hey, if, and people are very good about doing this. I mean, people do do their due diligence. If they're looking at a property or an idea, they usually reach out to the city very early just to see, hey, are there challenges here that we didn't know about mm-hmm. or are there things we need to pay attention to that perhaps we weren't thinking about? But There's a lot of building going on right now. Yes. I mean, we're... I mean, we've, we're extremely fortunate. I mean, the idea behind, uh, you know, the streetscape project is really build out the infrastructure, create an attractive space, and the investment will follow. Uh, the investment and the activity is following. Yes. Uh, 
you know, just within the next six months, we're going to have three new restaurants opening in downtown Wheaton. I mean, that's a big deal. I'm waiting for the donut one. When's the donut well, that would shop be the fourth opening one. up? Okay, good. <laughs> but I think they're within that six-month window as well. Oh, good. Because uh, you know, we need the, more donuts. The development, uh, you know, is coming. Uh, you know, we know of the activity that's going on currently with the Sandberg building. Right, that the, just sold. The, the renovation of the RJN building. And then the apartments uh, across the street. That's right. The uh, the apartment complex across the street. And I heard the name of the project changed from Banner to something else. Well, it's still, it's the Banner project. It's really the marketing name oh, okay. that they've described are using to describe the development. So sort of like Wheaton Center or Renew re or 121, what is it going to be called? I, I don't know. I had heard they had changed it to the Alexander. The Alexander. But then I subsequently heard they may have changed it again. I think so they did. They changed it to. I'm not sure. Yeah. But the, you know, the other thing too is, uh, you know, we've been very fortunate with the activity in the downtown uh, we're starting to see increased activity in the south side of town, mm -hmm. uh, particularly within the malls. Uh, you know, things are picking up at Town Square. Right. We have a ribbon cutting there we want you to attend. I saw that. Uh, there's <laughs> been activity at each of the three malls. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, a piece of information I heard yesterday uh, and this is a this is a big deal. You that, heard it here first on the local. Uh, Nordstrom Rack <gasps> is going to be coming to Donata East. What? So, Mark, get me my smelling salts. Very, very uh, impressive. So that, how did that? So how did that come to be? You know, I, I really don't know. Uh, it's really through the the management company at Donata East, and they're going into my understanding, and I, I hope I'm not speaking out of turn here, but I'm pretty sure I'm not. Uh, they're going into the northeast corner of that, where there used to be, I believe, the Spokes Bicycle Shop. Oh, sure. Mm -hmm. So I think they Kinda were- Kind of like that elbow? Yeah, they're in the elbow By there, mm -hmm. and they're taking like the bicycle space and space on either side of it to My basically- My former Weight Watchers Come uh, up to the, the mm -hmm. uh, roughly the 30,000 uh, you know, square feet. Holy- so, uh, Mayor, you have just made my day and week and year. Well, let, let's just hope it happens. Okay, but, well, uh, that's, that's, uh, that was great news. That would be great. So, what other ideas do you have for the city of Wheaton looking down the, looking down the road five or ten years? Well, uh, you know, it's always hard to envision. Uh, you know, I think. Uh, you know, the focus is always going to be that Wheaton's a residential community. And I think what you are going to see, you know, the development in the downtown is going to be residential. Uh, so, you know, we have this one project, uh, you know, the let's call it the Alexander. I, I think as time goes on, you will see more residential projects like that coming to downtown Wheaton. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we you, you get into discussions about these things and, you know, people complain about the density, but, uh, you know, the reality is, uh, you know, there's the demand for that 
for the residential use. I mean, people love this community. They want to stay in the community. They want to downsize from their housing because their children are in the community. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the demand for that type of property uh, remains very strong. And I think that's a good thing. I mean, uh, you know, creating housing is a good thing. Keeping people in the community is a good thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, I, so I think, you know, the, the future development is going to be very much on the, on the residential side. The, and, you know, that's a good thing, too, because it supports the businesses that are here. It makes the area more attractive to other businesses to come into the community. Even businesses outside the community, like the chamber, 25 percent of our members are from zip codes outside of Wheaton who want to do business with people and businesses within Wheaton. So. Yeah. So as far as your as far as your political career goes, mayor of mayor of Wheaton running for the, running is, for mayor is that the is that the ceiling? Are we are we thinking about governor cease? No. <laughs> well, you state know, representative always, cease? Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> you heard it here. Uh, you know, yeah, you know, peep, what are, what are the points I always make? You know, and some of this is tongue in cheek, but. Um, you know, I don't consider this political. And, you know, people say you're a politician. And I remember a guy shouting out at us as we were walking, I think, of the Memorial Day parade. Oh, here come the politicians. And, you know, I kind of shouted back to him, no, it's not politics, it's public service. Mm. And, you know, that's a distinction I, I always make because, I mean, if you look at the municipal level, you look at park district and schools, as I said, that's really, you know, your volunteers, right. this is public service. This is the interest in the community. Yes, some people move on to other things, but, uh, you know, my perspective is simply it's public service. Mm -hmm. And I enjoy, you know, being on the Wheaton City Council, being the mayor, representing Wheaton, keeping Wheaton the way it is and improving upon it. And being able to do that without having to worry about our friends at the county, at the state, whatever you know it's kind of like you know leave us alone we'll figure it out ourselves mm -hmm. uh so uh you know i have no political aspirations my view of this is strictly uh, public service and it's it's very much focused on wheaton so you mentioned earlier that uh you fill your days with more than just mayoral duties what 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 else what else are you doing that's keeping you busy well, there, there's a number of things where I uh, represent the, the, the city of Wheaton. So, for example, uh, I've been on the DuPage Water Commission since uh, 2010. Uh, Wheaton's the second largest customer of the DuPage Water Commission. And again, the DuPage Water Commission was responsible for bringing uh, Lake Michigan water to DuPage County. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, I remember a conversation with my predecessor on that commission. You know, he, he made a comment to me, which, uh, you know, has stuck with me. And he said that nobody's created more value for DuPage County <laughs> than the Water Commission by bringing Lake Michigan water to DuPage County. And, uh, you know, everybody takes that for granted. We do. We do that. Take that that, that has worked out very well. And, you know, of course, the Water Commission now has been around for 30 years. So I've been on that board uh, since uh, 2010. I chair their finance committee. Uh, 
you know, that was kind of an interesting story. When I got on in 2010, they had challenges. They were like $72 million in debt. Yikes. Uh, today, the Water Commission is probably one of the most unique utilities in the country in that it has no debt. Wow. Uh, so, uh, so we've been involved with that. Uh, I also serve on the uh, Illinois Police Officers Pension Investment Fund. I was recently elected the chair of that board. Congratulations. Congratulations. The, um, you know, the board's responsible for the management of the consolidated pension funds of uh, the police officers through the state of Illinois. Wow. And that's roughly today is about a nine and a half billion dollar fund one. All the plans are consolidated is probably going to be in the neighborhood about ten and a half billion. Billion, that's a B so, for billion. Um, and again, I mean, you know, of that money, about a hundred million of it is from the city of Wheaton. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if I'm involved in these things, it's really on behalf of the city of Wheaton and, right. and perhaps DuPage County. And then most recently, uh you know, we're involved with the DuPage Mayors and Managers Conference, and uh, I will be heading up that organization, uh, you know, starting in June of this year. So, so that's like your professional peer group with the managers as well? Yes. Uh, you know, it's the made up of the 35 communities within DuPage County and both the mayors and presidents and the managers make up that organization. And how many of those are um, like ours, where the city manager is the f sort of the fiscal or like you say, the day to day operations? Because I remember hearing uh, when Margaret Hamilton, when I watched the Bob Goldsboro presentation, uh, the Wheaton Public Library did a wonderful series with Bob Goldsboro talking about Margaret Hamilton. And she, I think, was the one who changed it from a mayoral led to a city council or to a city manager led. Yes, uh, that's probably right. I think it goes back to 1962 okay. when the change was made. And I'm not necessarily familiar with what the structure might have been prior to 62. But starting in 62, they adopted the manager council form of government where uh, the uh, you know, the city council hires the manager, the yes. manager runs the city. Yes. And that, uh, you know, in DuPage County, I think that's the most common. Is it more? Form. Mm -hmm. And a, really, I think across, you know, northern Illinois, among the municipalities, it's pretty much, you know, the council hires the manager, the manager runs the city. Mm -hmm. And that's really important because uh, that works very well. And when you get into situations where, you know, the city council tries getting involved in certain decisions, things don't always work out so well. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we've been fortunate in Wheaton to have this structure. I think it's worked very well. Um, you know, the average tenure of a senior of a city manager in the city of Wheaton's about forty years. Right. So that that works out well too. Shout same out with to the Don library. Rose. Same, same with the library. I the heard you telling Betty Betsy that. The average tenure of the librarian, I think, is closer to forty seven years. Right. So uh, So Betsy Adamowski has a ways to go. Yes, yes. So you mentioned you went you a recently part of a mayor's association 
group. Yeah, the DuPage Mayors and Managers Conference. So, yes. when, so when a group of mayors get together behind closed doors, is there competitiveness among the mayors or is there a, a letting down of the hair to share your frustrations in your in your representative cities? Or what happens behind closed doors at the mayor's only meetings? Is it a support group? Is it a 12-step group? For- it, it's basically a support group. Yeah. Uh, you know, obviously, there's a lot of things we agree on. Uh, there are some things that are unique to various communities. But the and this all kind of really came together through COVID. Uh, when, oh, really? With, uh, well, the ma- mayors and managers has existed for a long time. None mm-hmm. of that's new. But it... Uh, you know, through COVID, there was kind of a renewed emphasis on camaraderie, uh, collaboration. Yes. And, and, you know, one of the things that came out of COVID is uh, you built relationships that otherwise wouldn't have been built. That's right. So, you know, there were relationships built among the managers. There was relationships built between the managers and the county, between the the mayors and the health department. Mm-hmm. Uh so, uh, but the the biggest the biggest advantage of DuPage mayors and managers is the interaction among the mayors because mm-hmm. everybody's you know has the same challenges and you know to some extent uh, you know some people refer to it as mayors training school <laughs> other people refer to it as a support group right. but uh, you know it's. There's a high level of camaraderie. Oh. Uh, it, it's not competitive at all. That I is mean, great. that's not the issue. It's it's really cooperation and commiserating. Right, and, right. Best uh, practices, I'm sure. Perhaps. Ideas. <laughs> <laughs> so heavy, hang, heavy hangs the crown. So you need. <laughs> so it's good to be around a bunch of people that are going through the same thing. Absolutely. And I think people really enjoy one another. They enjoy the interaction. They're happy to, to interact and engage. Well, so. And you said you love what you do. People love to talk about what they do. And I think, again, share ideas. If you can help somebody uh, who's new, maybe not have the same steep learning curve, there's generosity there. Well, you know, the other thing, too, is, uh, you know, each of the mayors or presidents are just as proud of their communities mm-hmm. as I'm proud of Wheaton. And, yeah. and that and, and that's why they're involved. Right. You know, they enjoy their communities. They're working to make their communities successful. Their communities are successful. You know, it's a positive experience. Nobody's in this for the notoriety. They're in there because they love what they're doing. They love helping out. They love working with people. And, you know, everybody, for the most part, has a pretty good result. That is great. So... You have a background in finance. You are a chartered financial analyst. How often does that figure into your your work with the city? Well, you know, it probably more than you you think. Uh, you know, of course, I've worked roughly forty years in the financial area. I've worked as a consultant, you know, dealing with clients, dealing with boards. 
And, you know, that experience is invaluable because if you're on the council, you're dealing with a board, you're in these other organizations, you're dealing with a board. So, so that's very helpful. Uh, You know, the economics background is extremely helpful. And, you know, there's two basic rules that always come into play. You know, if you want to tax something, you're going to get less of it. If you want to subsidize something, you're going to get more of it. And, you know, just paying attention to those relationships Mm -hmm. is is important. Uh, You know, another example of it, and this is getting into the weeds a little bit, uh, and it's just directly reflecting my experiences. You know, last year, you know, the city of Wheaton did a $45 million bond offering to fully fund our pensions. You know, people talk about these pension obligation bonds. And that transaction fully funded our pensions and it reduced, or excuse me, it freed up a million dollars a year to the city of Wheaton over the next 18 years by exercising that transaction. Wow. And basically what we did, we took an existing liability that was costing us 6.75% a year and we converted that to a liability that's costing us 1.6% a year. And, uh, you know, there was some pushback uh, around that. You know, we had never done a bond offering that large. Uh, You have a lot of people out in the public, oh, these are bad things, da-da-da-da-da. And it's not. You know, we basically refinanced an existing liability you know, we went from 6.75% to 1.6%. And that transaction over the next 18 years is freeing up a million dollars a year for that's, the city of Wheaton. That's amazing. So, I'm no math whiz, uh, but even I got that. Well, and at the pace that the Fed is increasing rates, this is looking like right, genius. Right. Yes. And, you know, that's, that's the other part of it is, uh, you know, okay, well, you know, you're putting the money in the market and the market will go down. Well, you know, that investment risk already exists. Mm-hmm. Now we dollar cost averaged in, we didn't dump 45 million into the pension funds on, on one day, but the other side of it too. And it, as you mentioned it, you know, we were in an extremely low rate environment and guess what? If rates start going up, that works to our benefit, right? You know, we're covering our 1.6 through the high, through the higher rates. Right, right. So did the city have any trouble getting that bond sold? Absolutely not. In fact, it was written, it was uh, rated AAA. And the city of Wheaton, I believe, is one of 19 communities in the state of Illinois that has a AAA bond rating. Well, that is a headline. That is a headline. This is touching on a topic that I've not understood for a long time. The, the whole notion of uh, unintended consequences. So I see this frequently in government when people make decisions about or laws about things that they don't have a whole lot of experience with. And then they get and then something else happens and they get unintended consequences. Mm -hmm. It seems to me that if somebody doesn't know something about a particular topic and they they dip their toe into that water and then some bad stuff happens, that doesn't strike me as an unintended consequence. It's it seems to me that they should not be doing things that they don't know anything about. (laughs) And so what and so. So shouldn't there be in government some sort of 
requirement that if you're going to if you're going to serve on a finance committee that you know something about finance but that cfa that's like icing on the cake sorry i got to get off the soapbox no, on, no, on that little okay. on that little speech but that well but, I, but really I that like, was a great that was a great move i like that little speech because one of the things that i say i'll say it in private but if i'm saying it here it's not in private you know, my feeling is if you're going to be a state rep, if you're going to be a, a federal rep, a, a U.S. senator, you need to pass a basic course in economics. Yes. I mean, if Hallelujah. people passed a basic course in economics, we would be a lot better off. I completely agree. <laughs> but yeah. you better be careful, Mr. Horner. Pretty soon we're going to have you running for office. Well, I've demonstrated more times than I than, than we need to revisit just how little I know about <laughs> just about anything. But I flunked biology, speaking about things I don't know. I flunked biology in college. And so if I go do brain surgery on somebody and kill them, that's not an unintended. I mean, I didn't mean to kill them, right. so it's not an intended consequence. But, but we I shouldn't have, no have let you in the OR having to the be scalpel in exactly. my hands. We should never have let you in the OR. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, do you think there's any chance that that actually what you what you just said about about having demonstrating demonstrating some level of proficiency in in the in a particular topic? Do you think that's got any hope of ever happening in in government in any meaningful way? No, I don't. I don't either. It's very aspirational. <laughs> it is. It is. But you know what? It, you know, I, I will stick to ten envy. I will add uh, another. Uh, <laughs> You know, you know, and we're, I mean, we're fortunate here in, in the city of Wheaton. And, and uh, you know, I mean, we're fortunate in a number of ways. Uh, you know, we don't have the challenges that some of these other communities have through no fault of their own. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, that that's understood. That's recognized. Right. Uh, over the years, uh, you know, we've had very good people involved in the city council across our boards and commissions and, you know, very reflective of the community. I mean, this is a very talented, engaged community. And, you know, the, the thing I like about it is, you know, you have very accomplished people in this community and you don't know it. You know, nobody's out there tooting their horn, uh, you know, calling attention to themselves. But, you know, you engage with people and you learn about their experiences and the things they've done. And it, it's, it's fascinating. And that is why... Well, I mean, I think that's a wonderful. I know, I know, Vicky, you're doing a lead into what the whole podcast is all that's is all why we're doing is it. all about. But and that is why we're doing this. But I think it's also a wonderful characteristic of the community of Wheaton that there's a that there's an under there's an understated yes uh, dynamic yes. that I think courses through most of Wheaton, not everybody, but, but most, <laughs> but most of, most of Wheaton that, that exactly what you just said, Mr. Yeah, Mayor, that the, the people are a lot more accomplished than you, than you, you might otherwise think based mm -hmm. on how they conduct themselves. And they're, and they're very generous with their time, their knowledge, their resources. Yes. And, yes. but the, you know, the point I wanted to make going back to the city council is, you know, and over the years, okay, I've been on that since 05 and yes, there's differences. But, and I think it's particularly true of our current council, okay, you have seven people up there. They all have different backgrounds. But the, the thing that's important is anything that comes before the council 
each member looks at it independently and comes to their best decision. And that's what you want. You don't want seven people thinking the same way. Right. You want seven people looking at something and coming to what they believe is the best conclusion. And, you know, there's different ways of doing things. And, you know, some may feel one way works better than the other, but everyone would agree each of the approaches is a viable approach. Now, you know, I think, uh, you know, one of the things we kind of run into outside, you know, as you broaden outside Wheaton is, you know, some of the approaches or the suggestions to things we're seeing, uh, we know don't work. You know, we've been down this road. We know it doesn't work yet. You know, we're trying to do it again. And and I think that's why people get frustrated. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, one of the things is, you know, the level of frustration rises pretty quickly on some such things. And uh, I think it's simply because people, you know, why are we doing this? We know it doesn't work. We know the problems it's going to create. Why are we doing it? Yeah. But I've always enjoyed the fact on on the Wheaton City Council over the years, uh, you know, the votes are different. It's not always the same seven people voting the same right. way. And I always look at that as a strength because it reaffirms the fact that, hey, each individual is looking at this individually. They're putting forth their best thoughts, their best advice on it. And that's to the benefit of everybody. I've learned so much coming to the city council meetings uh, as part of my job now as president of the chamber. I attend city council meetings and some of the planning meetings and even the zoning uh, commission. And it's fascinating. I do believe um, people can watch it on, you know, on Vimeo, right? You can watch every city council meeting, every city planning meeting. But I would invite all of the people of Wheaton to come to the city council chambers on Monday nights. and. It's fascinating to watch the watch the city and its progress. Yeah, and a, and a couple of points on that. Uh, you know, all the meetings are on the website. Mm -hmm. So, you know, hey, if you missed the meeting, you can go to the website and watch it at your convenience. Or you can attend online. I have attended virtually as well as in person. Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, we're, we're working to upgrade the... Um, the audio visual. So I think we're working towards being able to stream the meetings live. Yes. So, uh, you know, that'll work a little bit better than what we have currently with our Zoom system. So, uh, you know, in the next six months or so, I think that new system will be in place. Well, I really appreciate the, um, the process and the transparency and the conversations that happen at the city council level and the, and the honoring of like the girl scouts who have come and the, the sisters out at the Tau center were there to be acknowledged and um, things like that. So, well, and that, that's another important point. I mean, we don't have any secrets and uh, you know, so if somebody's got a question we're more than happy to answer it. You know, we're a public entity. We're in the best interest of the the community. There's no secrets here. And, you know, if there are secrets, that usually means, you know, that's a problem and we better get it fixed. But, uh, you know, I've always made the comment that, hey, we've got nothing to hide. If you've got a question, ask the question. We'll provide an answer. And all the documents are there online for us to see. 
Thank you, Mayor. Thank, Thank you, Mr. You. Mayor. Great I enjoyed to, this great. very much. It was, it was not that painful, <laughs> we right? We told you it was be fun. Oh, it was. It was very enjoyable. I hope it was informative. It was but very it, informative. It definitely was fun. So thank you. You're very welcome. The salesman in me will press for a week. Will Will you come back? Yes. Happy Super. to. And Wonderful. congratulations on getting that six percent down to one percent. I was following that, you know. <laughs> okay. Well. I cried my way through accounting, but I loved economics. Economics is more fun than economics accounting. was awesome. It's not even close, right? Economics is so much better than accounting. Well, that's it. Another episode of The Local in the Can. Thanks for joining us. If you have any story ideas or comments, drop us a note at fairhavenwealth.com and be sure to subscribe, review, and rate us on your favorite platform. I'm Mark Horner, and I hope you'll join us next time when we cut another episode of the local.